Ahoy! Welcome to this very special episode of Bottom of the Stream. It's going to be our first time, Ad. It is. I'm glad my first time was with you. Me too. <laughs> Hold me. I can't. We're still separated. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're very excited. We are here to do an interview. Midweek as well. I know. They're lucky people getting two episodes a week. Yeah, we've got an interview. We've got an interview with a bona fide movie director and movie writer. I'm excited. Me too. Who would have thought that would have ever happened? I know. So the movie that we're um, talking about, I guess, is called I'll Never Forget My High School Friends. And it's currently available for free on Amazon Prime. Or for a uh, a small cost if oh, yeah, you're you not can a rent Prime it member. if you're not a Prime member. It's a micro-budget coming-of-age movie. Is that how you would sure. describe it? Yeah, it's that sort of time period where uh, people are leaving or getting ready to leave high school to head off to college, as they would say in the States, or, uh, you know, off to university here in the here in the UK. Yeah. Do you want to give me a one-word review? Should we do that? Let's do that. Charming. Yeah, uh, completely. It's actually a really good film. I sound surprised when I'm saying that, and I shouldn't do, because that's harsh, but it is a really good film, and it's well worth your time checking it out. Uh, it is. I, you know, I, I think I will state um, that it's... Probably not for everyone, I can, but I know people who wouldn't enjoy it. Yeah. Or would be put off, should I say, by the fact that it is a handheld micro-budget uh, movie. But do not let it put you off. Because no, I found this to be uh, a real pleasant surprise. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Hmm, me too. Good, good performances and uh, really great chemistry came through. Uh, yeah, so check it out. Yeah, it's available now, like we said, on Amazon Prime. It's not on Netflix, but we're still going for it because we got the chance to interview a director and a, and a writer. We weren't going to turn that down. Sure. So they co-wrote it and co-directed it, so we should probably give them credit for both roles. Um, we are talking to Sam Asheroff and Raza Rizvi. And I guess we'll just play out the interview now then, shall we? Let's throw to ourselves. <laughs> Hi guys, thanks for joining us. Uh, thank you for having us. Thanks for really having appreciate us. It. No problem. Do you want to introduce yourselves, let us know who you are and why you're here? Uh, yeah, I'm Sam, uh, Sam Asherov. Um, I did a movie with my friend over here, Raza. Raza, say your name, I guess. <laughs> I'm Raza Rizvi, yeah, uh, co-writer, co-director of this movie. That's on Amazon Prime. Very excited to be here. And now Excellent. we're just going to talk about it, I guess, right? I guess so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so where do we start nick do you want to start us start us off sure can do um so um let's uh let's talk about this movie i'll never forget my high school friends first of all i watched this last week and i i'm genuinely not saying not just saying this because we've got you on uh but i really enjoyed this movie thank you i, I found it quite touching actually and really relatable yeah i'll, um, I'll second that i agree I, I really enjoyed it as well what i would describe as a a real pleasant surprise. <laughs> yeah, congratulations on putting something together um, that that works so well. Uh, I, I thought it was a, a really enjoyable experience. Um, I guess the first question I, I'd sort of like to like to put to you is um, sort of, you know, feel free to sort of go on as as, as much of a tangent as you want. Um, how did you put this together? Where did it start? What what was sort of the genesis of this? Yeah, um, me and Raza met, in, we're not high school friends, 
so we met in college and we had uh, a class freshman year together and then we ever since that class we kind of kept in touch and then the summer of 2018 i think it was raza gave me like a text or a phone call and he said let's make a micro budget feature and then i was like i'm down <laughs> and then that like semester that up that fall semester um starting from like september we started just brainstorming and then i think we wrote a first draft by like the end of october and then we just kept doing new drafts and then we had a new one by december and then we started casting and planning and doing all the pre-production and then that summer of 2019 we just filmed it all. Wow. Yeah, so it's pretty um, much like a one-year total process from, you know, conception to the end of the edit. It's a pretty quick-moving project then. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We, I, we didn't want to waste any time, I guess. Uh, we, we shot everything May 2019, finished shooting early. It was like 12 shoot days, so we finished shooting. We started like May 20-something and did like june 10th or something like that i don't even know june 8th and then edited the rest of like the summer and then by august had a finished edit final cut wow that is really fast moving yeah i mean the editing for this one wasn't anything crazy because a lot of long takes so it's pretty much just like figuring out how to condense it down like you know like people have been saying that 90 minutes is too long but like our original like first first cut was like two hours and like 50 minutes or something so <laughs> it's like it was a struggle to get it down to under 100 minutes and that's where like most of the editing time took place outside of like all the technical jargon that we had to deal with was there anything in there you were really loathe to get to get rid of or that, that didn't quite make it in yeah there, were a there couple was things, one yeah. scene there was one scene in particular for me it was um, a group scene and they were all in the car and it was just like a really nice, funny scene where they're all together, just having a kind of like a good time. And it's just like one of those moments that would have been nice because, you know, it's just them being friends and it's just nice. But it never it didn't it didn't actually add any elements to the story or anything like that. It was just a nice char- character moments, you know. Hmm. So yeah, there's... It, it was sad, but it, it was necessary to get rid of. And also that uh, acid trip sequence, there's a scene oh, yeah. <laughs> where Ryan and Tanner, uh, they drop acid, like the two friends, and then while they're camping, and then, you know, we shot, it took, we shot like, you know, 25 minutes or 30 minutes worth of them just like, you know, freaking out, pretending that they were on acid. Okay. <laughs> and then, and then yeah. our, um, you know, our other editor who like kind of helped in from time to time, he's like edited this like super cool you know, super freaky acid trip sequence that was, like, super jarringly, you know, edited. Yeah, it was kind but, of scary, honestly. Yeah, it, it was pretty scary. <laughs> it was, like, such a shift in tone, and then that's something that had to go. But I feel bad because he took, like, you know, a decent, like, 12 to, like, 15 hours putting that all together, and then we oh, had to, yeah. like, give him a call, like, I'm sorry, man, but it's, it's got to go. <laughs> so so what's your the background of, of you guys? You said you met you met at high school were you were you studying sort of film there or is were you have you been learning as you've been going along in in this process uh we met in college so we are, we're actually not high school friends okay. um but or university i know in england it's like sure, <laughs> everything's sure. university but yeah um so yeah we met like the first the first class that we had you know it was a morning class on a monday first day of university for both of us and then we were both majoring in film so yeah it was a film school program and then you know from that class on 
has pretty much been like us two. We kept in touch, and then a couple other people from another um, class that was also you know freshman year foundations of film class, and then we just kind of formed like this tight group between like the five of us that you know we just enjoy working together. We know each other's like personalities and how to feed off each other and how to collaborate well. So yeah, it was really like the first class, like Monday morning of the first day of university. It's like fate. Yeah. We're 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 pretty big like on like I guess like the chemistry of film sets in a way. It's cause once everyone's like understands each other so well, we just flow so much better. I think like even in like university we were like notorious for getting like the stuff done so early but i think that just was because we understood each other so well and what we wanted from each other like it was like you didn't even, we didn't have to do much explaining to each other because we already understood what the other person wanted and like was thinking kind of and that's right. like when we have that type of group it was like definitely very beneficial because there was only like four of us really on the crew and then the fifth person was one of the actors in the film um ryan his name right. is marco in real life so it's just um yeah, it was it was it was pretty pleasant to just work together with your friends, I guess. Yeah, definitely. So, where did the cast come from? Are they all friends as well, or was there a casting um, process? Yeah, um, Marco, who played Ryan, is our friend from university. The rest, everyone else, we casted, um, and that was like we were we were in Chicago for university, so we did most of our auditions um, through video chat. And then we when and then when we selected the cast, we um we started doing rehearsals via video chat because all of the actors were basically in New York besides huh. Mark besides the yeah, character uh, of Ryan. We were filming in a suburb of Boston, so we figured it would be easier to get people from New York than to have to like fly people from Chicago or fly people from LA. Just like you know, have them either drive or get a train or something. It'd be cheaper and closer. And yes, but the, yeah. the video chat audition process was pretty cool we got to audition a lot of people which was nice i know like sometimes when you do like in-person auditions only like i don't know like four or five people show up and then your options are limited but we literally auditioned like i would say over 50 people for pauline and then like you know over 25 like 20 to 25 people for bex you know the other characters and then but the most interesting part was like i think how we came about like actually finalizing ryan because like um Mm. You know, Mark, our friend from college who, you know, ended up being Ryan. Like, he wasn't, like, our first choice or anything. Or we didn't even, like, even consider him really at all to be an <laughs> option. And we just, like, kept on, you know, auditioning people for Ryan. And then, like, none of it was, like, really clicking with the people who auditioned. And then we, like, had a chat about it. Like, you know, why isn't this, you know, working? Why, you know, aren't these people, like, you know, doing well as Ryan? And then, you know, we thought that. You know, like maybe they just don't understand like the full context of the script or the full context of the character because like the script is, although it's not like it's not based off of our personal experiences. Um, the character of Ryan is, has kind of like similar speech patterns and similar mannerisms as mm-hmm. we do, so we figure that they, you know they just don't understand like us as people. So, you know, they don't understand Ryan as a person, and then we thought that you know maybe Marco like he has acting experience. You know, he's pretty good. He understands who we are. Maybe he can do well. So then, you know, we gave him the script, we had him read some lines, and, it like, right from the first thing that he read, it already clicked much better. Like, he, like, understood what he had to do and, like, how he had to act as a character, pretty much. And that's how he came about, just, like, casting someone who's, you know, like, he's an actor, but he's not, like, that's not, like, his, like, end goal in life. He's not, like, striving to become a professional actor or anything. He's more in the writing-directing camp. 
but it definitely worked out for the best. So he was just yeah. hiding under your nose the whole time. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> and, you know, it kind of worked out better in a way because since he would like everyone else was in New York and he was in like um, Chicago with us, we were able to rehearse with him literally whenever we wanted in person rather than like video chat. Right. So like we rehearsed constantly with him like in person and then it, we had like that like went through the script all, all numerous times and stuff and it was just really nice. So, you know, there was that element of like in-person rehearsal was really great with him, especially since he's like the main one of the main characters. That's really yeah. that's really interesting. I mean, you talked about um, you know, you guys being good at working together because you're all sort of working towards that same goal. So, having him on board with sort of that that knowledge as well, I'm sure I'm sure helped. That's that's really interesting. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it just helps, like, especially with, like, communication, because one of the hardest parts about directing, especially actors, is, you know, you have to get them to the super personal zone and mindset, even though you're not actually that close to them, you don't really know who they are. But with Marco, like, since we already knew each other, it was so much easier to communicate, like, what we actually wanted out of him, and we didn't have to worry about, like, that aspect of the creative process, like, oh, you know, does he, is he going to like what I say here? Is he going to be insulted? How should I talk to him? Like, that part was already cleared out of the way because you know he knows us so we can like get away with saying whatever yeah. we want and he like understands what we mean and we don't have to like think that hard about how we're actually trying to communicate to him we can just like say our mind and he knows what we mean so you said like, most of the other cast were auditioned by video audition so was the first day that they met the first day of shooting or was it like a meet before that um uh we met with pauline and pj um, together in person well, it was beforehand. Bex, Bex and PJ. Oh, yeah. Bex? So, yeah, so oh, Sydney Bex, yeah. and Noah. Um, Sydney plays Bex and Noah plays PJ. We met with them in New York like that winter of 2018 um, while we were doing some pre-production stuff. I went because Sam's from New Jersey. So I went over in the winter. And you know, then we thought we'd just like meet up in New York with a couple of the people who were around. So we met up with uh, Sydney and Noah just to, like, kind of get a grasp of, like, you know, how they are. And that was a nice meeting. We just, like, had coffee and chatted for a little bit about, not really about the script, <laughs> but mostly just about, like, <laughs> just random stuff. But, yeah. yeah, for, but actually, because they were from New York and Sydney had a car, what happened was they took a road trip together from New York to Boston. Um, mm-hmm. So that, def- like, I don't know what happened on that road trip, but it definitely helped like their chemistry together right off the bat because they had like five hours in a car together before you know any of the process really started which i think really helped like that friend group chemistry because like when you're especially actors you know if they're like stuck in a car together they'll find a way to get along probably or they'll figure out stuff to do to make it a good time and it seemed like they definitely had a good time when they arrived (laughs) at the house they were like all you know laughing they already had like their inside jokes and they were chatting with each other so that was definitely a nice experience when you know um it was pauline bex and pj the characters they took the road trip together to boston and then that definitely helped that aspect and pauline knew tanner in real life they went to school together um so they already knew each other and they were like knew each other they they were like really good friends friends so that already helped so because tanner came on board pretty late and um we were i guess it was kind of a worry of like oh how would he adapt this quickly 
or if he will get yeah, like to Tanner was literally casted the week before we started shooting because the other person who we had to play Tanner dropped out. Yeah, uh, that was a yes, nightmare. that was a nightmare, like a couple days, but it worked out anyway. So like things like you know kind of fell into place for the best. Like all the like little things that make or break a movie, like chemistry. Um, it's, it's the, those, you know, it just kind of happened naturally. Yeah, sure. Those sort of intangibles, isn't it, really? Right. Like, you can have, like, a great script and, you know, a great vision, but if people aren't getting along, then, you know, it won't work out. Especially on a film like this where it's, like, all about, like, the characters and their chemistry together, you know? It, it's it, it's so strange because it's, like, they the way they act and... It, it, I feel like if they didn't didn't like each other because they're supposed to be these great friends on screen, it would definitely have came through. Yeah, I would like, say one of the biggest selling points of the film is the chemistry between the characters. It it really felt like they were they'd been friends forever. So I'm really surprised now that you're telling me that they barely even met before. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, it it was kind of a strange experience because like we all like we were staying in the same house as well, so. It, it like it didn't even like to us. It didn't even feel like that. We were mostly strangers. Like it felt that everyone had like knew, known each other. Like you know, if not for like years, at least for like you know maybe a few months. And it felt like we were a pretty solid friend group while we were in that house, even though we just met over like two days. Yeah. If you're like living together, I guess that definitely adds to it. Like we did, but um, you know, because we we all our dinners, all we were ate together every day. You know, we went out to eat we got coffee with everybody you know we were like hanging out because our shoot our, our fl- like shoot days were actually so smooth you know we would finish early shooting all the time and then we would go out get some coffee chill we would have like two hour three hour lunch breaks hang out and it was like really nice midnight and- midnight drives yeah so even like while we were shooting we were bonding like crazy and that was just like helping like our chemistry for the next shoot day you know and it was like this endless cycle of just building our like love for each other and then yeah it wasn't like all business all the time. time it was more like we're gonna have you know fun making a movie not like we're gonna make a movie and suffer you hear that, <laughs> you hear that quite a lot don't you people falling apart on movie sets that's refreshing yeah. to hear that, that you've had a good time yeah like the actual shoot days were the best part of the process like the easiest part of the process which is usually not how it goes. <laughs> it's it's so weird. Yeah, like the hardest ones were pre-production and I would say post in a way. Pre-production because when we got our camera, oh, this was so funny. <laughs> we got our camera, we got all our equipment like two days before like actual actually shooting so we could like test everything out, you know, figure uh, out, make sure everything works. It looks nice, this and that. And when we got our um, camera, we realized that all the, the footage wasn't compatible with premiere which what what we wanted to edit on adobe premiere yeah and so we were trying to find all these media encoders that can encode the video file and no media encoder could like do it and like i bought one it didn't work this and that so we were like wait trying to figure it out because we needed to look at the footage and we couldn't do it and until then we figured out okay if we buy davinci resolve then it that's the only program that we can edit on because it supports it so we got to Venture Resolve, but it was going to take like two days to um, to come in. So we're like freaking out. We're like, oh, we don't even know if the footage looks good, this and that, blah, blah. And then it's like three o'clock in the morning and we have like this revelation. We were like, wait, we could just plug the camera into the TV and watch playback on dailies. 
retro style. We're like, we're idiots. (laughs) Yeah, we're like, we were freaking out for like a whole like 24 hours trying to figure this thing out. And we're like, oh my God, we're so stupid. (laughs) And that was actually even better because like the TV is like this 75 inch, like high contrast, it automatically color corrects everything. So it was, was, and it was really good as well because we actually got to watch dailies with the, you know, actors after every shoot day, like how it's supposed to go. It wasn't just like we stash the footage on like our laptop and then, you know, no one ever gets to see it. But it definitely... And DaVinci, I guess, that, that turned out to be, like, a hindrance in the long run. Because when I was editing in post, like, when we were doing post-production, I was editing, um, it was a nightmare, honestly. I mean, the DaVinci was great, but, um, I couldn't, like, I think it was because, I don't, I really don't know what was it. Maybe it was because I didn't was have like, enough space on the hard drive or something. It's like, that specific media format that only, like, that camera shoots on, um, is, like, it has like I don't know I don't know what it is, but it has like a lot of information or like it's not it was not even compatible with Premiere Pro until like this year, <laughs> so it just was always super laggy. We had to like buy an extra ten terabyte hard drive just to like make sure that all the information could store and run in some capacity, even though it was still super laggy and like it was just like that part of it was super annoying. Just like we couldn't yeah. even like watch, you know. Like, you know how when you're editing, usually you can get, like, scrub through. We couldn't even, like, scrub through the timeline. Wow. So, yeah, like, if we were if we were making, like, a more standard movie with, like, coverage where you had to, like, cut, you know, uh, in between scenes, over like, over us. the shoulders and mid-shots and close-ups, it would have been over. But because, yeah. it was, like, each scene is pretty much one shot, it was much easier to just, like, you know, clip it and then lay it out on a timeline and know that, okay, this is the sequence. But if we had to, like, edit a more standard it, it, yeah. movie it was so hard because like you couldn't even i couldn't get into a proper flow state while trying to edit and then like then it took away so much energy from me and i was just like uh, i wanted to cry <laughs> and then like you know but overall i'm pretty um happy with the end product and stuff but that it was just that kind of stuff that like but, yeah, it's better that that type of stuff happens that, in post-production, pre-production than during the actual shoot days. Because yeah. that way, you know, yeah. it's not everybody who has to deal with the issues, just like the sure. two of us. The, these are challenges yeah. that you'll, you'll, and learning experiences that you'll take forward. Oh yeah, 100%. I've definitely, uh, especially from post-production, I've learned so much. And ways to be cleaner about things, ways to like organize better. This <laughs> yeah, the organization. The before, our, you know? our organization oh, yeah. was horrendous disgusting (laughs) it's disgusting but um yeah i've definitely learned i've never edited a feature so it's like i've definitely everything what it was now i know you know you've done it now you've you've crossed the hardest head you've done one yeah was that would you class that as the biggest challenge of making the film then or is there something that was worse hmm I mean, there was those little things like the actor dropping out and stuff like that. But I think the most stressful thing for me was definitely the post-production aspect of it, but only because it was an everyday constant thing rather than when like the pre-production stuff, we figured it out pretty quickly in some sense, but... Yeah, like the post-production, yeah, the post-production technical issue, that wasn't like something you could just like fix once. Like, okay, now the problem's going to resolve. It's like some, it's like a technical issue you had to deal with every single day. And we basically had to like render the timeline every single day, every single night. And it would take like 12 hours to render the timeline before we could like do anything with it. And so it's just like every single day, just having to deal with lag. It it, it sucked because if I could only like, if I could encode it, then sure, I could like 
bring it down, make it more usable to work with, but I couldn't even do that. So it was like, I don't even know. <laughs> but that camera was amazing. It was a great camera. And I would use that camera again now that I know that Premiere supports it. <laughs> yeah, what was the camera? It was like a Canon, Canon X750? I don't even know, dude. I erased that camera from my mind <laughs> afterwards, but I'm definitely going to look back into it now. Yeah, it's a very handy but, camera. Yeah. So with some of the actors were doing this, some of the filming as well, weren't they? How how did they find that? Uh, that was um, it's for Pauline. It was, I think it was a little challenging because some it's not like in terms of handling the camera, but they would press like a button, and then all of a sudden like an ND filter would come on, and the exposure drops by like a whole like stop or something, you know. And then like we had to keep doing takes or after takes, trying to make sure like she didn't press the like or he or even with Ryan, sometimes that would happen, you know. I guess they, I don't know, I can't speak on their behalf, but I, I guess they weren't, like, looking at the camera, they were looking at the sure. actors, maybe, and they wouldn't realize if they pressed something, but sometimes that would happen, and we would just have to keep doing takes and takes, but other than that, I mean, like, it was pretty awesome, I mean, it when we were blocking and directing, we were telling them how to move, do these small camera, like, movements for certain scenes, and, like, how to have, like, the language of the camera for that, this scene or that scene, so they basically had the whole understanding, so of like what to do. So it wasn't really an issue. It was just sometimes maybe they would press a button by accident and then we would just have to do it again. Yeah, it's like the camera was like another character in the movie basically. Because yeah, we had like we had like moments in like scenes where if some a conversation's getting serious, you know, they're not going to just stick the camera in front of your face as the conversation gets serious. They're going to slowly like lower it, you know, and be more active in the conversation and more present rather than just kind of film it or something like that. Or they put it off to the side, you know, and tr- participate in the conversation because that seems more natural than just sticking a camera yeah. in someone's face as they're trying to get real with you, you know? <laughs> what was the hardest scene to film then? What was, like, the most difficult scene to get right? I think there was two of them. Um, the one that we cut, I think, was which was the car scene. Uh, that <laughs> yeah, was that was... About. Yeah, <laughs> and we weren't, was... like, for all the car scenes, we weren't even in the car because, like... You know, we couldn't be in the car. So that was just like all the actors is like, we were like, okay, yeah. here's the camera. You know, here's the mic. Yeah. Go do some takes. And then we would just like hang out on like the parking lot and they would come back like 45 minutes later. And then we would look at, look at, you know, what they did. And we were like, all right, might, might have to do that a few more times. So, yeah. That one, but we ended up cutting that. I get, um, the Pauline, Pauline and Bex's fight, um, that took a little, a lot, a couple takes. A couple, like, correctly. 14. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, usually, um, like, we didn't actually do that many takes for a lot of the scenes. We did, like, you know, most of the scenes were only three or four takes, and we're like, all right, this is, you know, good to go. Um, but, yeah, the Bex-Pauline fight took, like, a, you know, definitely more than 10 takes. And then also Pauline and Ryan's breakup, that also took mm. a lot of takes over multiple days. And also, that was also hard to shoot because, like, the camera was in, like, this weird spot in like, the corner of the car and, like, the back of the camera would sometimes, like, fall, you know, we, like, wedged underneath, like, the dashboard, and, like, steering wheel. And then sometimes it would, like, f- tilt over or, like, fall over. And there's, like, oh, behind that camera, you see, there's a lot of tape and a lot of, you know, support. Um, so that was, like, both hard to set up and both hard to get the scene right. So, yeah, I would say the Pauline-Ryan breakup scene... It was probably like the combination of technical stuff plus, you know, actual performance stuff. Is it, to get is it tricky to frame solid. some of that stuff given that yeah. you, as you say, you've got you've got this character of the 
camera and you have to have that in in a place that looks realistic i.e in that scene ryan's just left it on the dash of the car um did, did that affect sort of your framing and planning of a lot of these scenes uh we well, during like pre-production when we were like figuring out where we put like the camera we like kind of knew so i mean there were some times when we were like actually blocking the scenes and we we're like oh what we thought would work in pre-production didn't for the most part we we, we like knew every place every place the camera was going to go and it didn't really affect framing or all that kind of stuff cool because we like ha- we, we had that like mindset yeah, it was like, you know, let's just, like, let's not try to force anything. Let's not think of it in terms of, like, a normal movie where, oh, we, you know, we want to emphasize a close-up here. So we're going to, like, move, we're going to try to, like, influence the camera in a way that's not natural. we just be like, okay, how can we just let the scene play out yeah, that, that organically really well, and let the camera just, like, be at ease? Because when you have, especially, like, these found footage, found footage movies, usually you see them in, like, horror films or sci-fi or something like that. And somehow, like something crazy is happening and then like let's say the camera falls and it's like perfectly framed in like to see what was what's going to happen or something like that you know like in in the shot but here we didn't like focus on that we were just like we knew it had to be just authentic and, and as much as possible because this is not like this is like a dramatic comedy or a, you know coming of age story sure. rather than a horror film excellent so is there anything you'd change now looking back on the on the time shooting or the time making the film? Um, yeah, for me, I wish um, I I just watched it again like two weeks ago, um, for like the first time in so long, probably since we'd finished it. But um, I don't know how I would change it because given the state of like post production, but I wish I, like the editing was a little smoother on my end. And I wish like some things transitioned better and and flowed a little better from scene to scene, but it was it's hard to say that because given what the experience I know <laughs> with editing, I don't know how I would have been able to do it. You're probably um, coming from a a bit of a biased position there because you're spotting things that the audience isn't necessarily picking up on. That that would be yeah, my yeah. Uh, that's a good point. My. My positive feedback to you, I would have said. Thank you, thank you, appreciate it. That's a good point, I guess, yeah. But, I mean, listen, I mean, you know, I just graduated college, like, a couple of weeks ago, and I have a feature done. Yeah, I'm pretty exactly. happy, you know. But, I don't know. What about you, Raza? What would you change? I don't know. Um, I don't know if there's necessarily anything I would change, but there's definitely a lot that I learned that I would use to, like, change in the future. Um. Mm. You know, one of those things was especially like during the shoot days was, you know, every time, especially young directors like us, every time we make something, whether it's a shorter or a feature, it's like how to direct actors. So, you know, sometimes it's just, I know it's a, little, a bit more difficult in a co-directing space because like sometimes it's maybe not my place to say something. Um, but I think I learned a lot about directing actors and like how to, you know, speak up if I feel that something isn't right, even though it might be in the script, even though it's a script that we went over dozens of times, if when we actually shoot the scene, if something doesn't feel right to like, you know, speak up and be like, maybe we can try something different. And, you know, like towards like the beginning of the shoot, you know, it it all went, like you can think it can go pretty smoothly, but, you know, in your mind, you can be like, yeah, this is good. Maybe if we do this one other thing, it might make it better. And sometimes I didn't do that towards the beginning and then as we like kept on going then you know i started speaking up more and more about like just pitching ideas about how we can like adjust certain scenes so it's just like you know not being afraid to keep on giving ideas even as 
the shoot day is progressing. And you know, there's always like stuff because we like we didn't have like an AD, we didn't have like anything. So there's always stuff like you have to worry about like, okay, well we finish on time, I want to finish this on time. So maybe I'm not gonna so you know, just like not worrying about time as much and just worry about getting the scene right because that's what really matters at the end is you know getting the scene as good as possible so how does a movie like this end up on amazon yeah so originally um we wanted to submit to festivals well originally we did submit to festivals so we finished the film september of like 2019 like the first like or maybe late august and then we submitted to a bunch of festivals but a lot of them got canceled due to covid that was going to be one of my questions how how did the current situation affect how you marketed it yeah, so we were waiting to hear back from festivals. A lot of them got canceled. Um, and then a lot of people were just streaming things in, from in quarantine, you know. Probably more people were watching things now than ever, in a way. So we were like, okay, the best thing we could do right now is just try to figure out how to get it out there. And I started, like, we both started researching, blah, 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 blah. And then we found Amazon Prime Video Direct, which basically, it's actually so simple. You just fill out a form, put all the film's information in it, and then submit the film, and they just review it. And then if you get approved, you could get approved for, like, Prime, rental, buy, rent, whatever. And then that's it. It's on there. The review took, like, the review took, like, a month, though. So we had to wait, like, a month. But um, other than that, it was, like, super simple. Now it's just, like, up there. So it's kind of crazy. (laughs) Yeah, usually the actual reviewing process they say is for business days, but I think because they were getting so many submissions because of, you know, the quarantine situation, um, it was delayed. But I think, you know, if things start settling back to normal, the usual time frame is for business days to get approved. That's, but that's it's not like, you know, it's, it's really easy. You just have to upload it and that's it. So it's nothing, you know, crazy to have a movie on Amazon Prime. You just have to make sure that it passes their like algorithm quality check or whatever they do. Yeah, it's actually kind of funny because it's so many people after they saw it was Amazon, they were like, oh my God, that's amazing. Congratulations. And I'm like, yeah, I wish it was a little harder so that it feels like I actually accomplished, <laughs> I, I accomplished something. But, they, they all thought you were raking in the big know. bucks now, that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was like... Yeah, and said so we get 15 cents for every hour. <laughs> if only they knew. Very funny. But it's okay. <laughs> you know, I'll take the, the small win, I guess, for now. Yeah, definitely. You pick the worst time to release a film, probably. Who knows? It's there for people to find, and um, you know, it's it's a really enjoyable um, movie. Yeah, it's definitely worth finding. What's next for you guys? Are you going to work together again? Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure like um, we'll produce each other's things every now and then. You know, I mean, also like um, if sometimes if I'm writing something, I'll be like, hey, you want to write this with me, or you know, vice versa or whatever. But when we produce each other's stuff all the time, you know, even before we co-directed this and co-wrote this, we were doing like shorts together and stuff like that. So, I mean, I think we'll be involved in people's projects, uh, each other's projects one way or another somehow, you know? Yeah. This is actually the first time we've ever like actually co-directed anything we've co-written before, but usually when we co-write, you know, like either I directed or, you know, Sam directs it. This is like the first time we've actually ever co-directed anything. And I don't know if we'll co-direct again, but we'll definitely be involved in producing and writing, yeah. you know, with each other for like pretty much like most projects that we have going down the road. Yeah, I think it's it's like one of those things what we talked about earlier. It's like since we understand each other to a point, I think it's it's pretty beneficial that if we produce 
each other's stuff or like co-write each other's stuff because we understand each other pretty well. Or just like be on set to help out. Like say I'm just did like this web series pilot, you know, that yeah. you know, like I wasn't a co-director, but like you know I was on set. Um, just he like, was my wingman. Know. Yeah, this is a wingman. You know, like he would, you know, he'd be like, "Do you like this idea?" I'd be like, "Yeah, you know, maybe we can do this." Blah blah. blah. So you know, it wasn't like a director in an official capacity, but I was just like helping out because like That's I don't, so funny. I don't, I, I like personally don't care about like credits or anything really. We, we I just make, we make, make sure up, there's we a make good up product. Names. Yeah, we have yeah, like, a lot of pseudonyms. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's like uh, even like like roles that don't exist. We'll we'll make up. What was that one? It was like assist. No, it was uh, instead of AD, it was um, oh man, I can't. Remember. I don't remember. But we just like make up like names of you know production roles that don't actually exist, just because <laughs> we're like you know we like having versatility. Like we don't want to box people into just like one thing. We want people to just help out as much as they can. We want everyone on set to speak up if they have something to say or if they think an idea is good we don't want to be like okay yeah, you're an assistant 100%. director you only look at the schedule you only tell us that we're you know behind schedule you know like if you have an I idea find it weird in a way. i mean i guess i guess it makes sense i mean like i find it weird now especially like in the like because we're still so indie and like our feature is like a micro budget i'll find it i find it so weird when some people th- that i've seen are like stick to your role you you can't contribute this type of like ideas or this and that and i'm just like what and then, because it's like i don't know it's i know it's collaboration and everything but i feel like so many people especially at the stage we're at right now have so much to offer and i feel like people aren't like capitalizing on sure that. yeah like if you have like and a 50 just... person like avengers marvel movie set then yeah you know that makes sense to stick to your role just so yeah. everything can actually you know move forward but if you only have like seven people on an independent you know short film or feature film it's like do like you know you can manage you don't need everyone to that you know. that was like the main problem we saw at university too right rosie you know like yeah definitely you'd have these set, you would have these sets and there was what they say like too many cooks in the kitchen you know and all these people who are like think they're like they stick i don't know there's too many people who want to be like in charge even though let's say there's a director dp this and that and then they it makes it basically in the end it just makes a bad product because they're like you know it's like it's literally like a four minute you know short film but for some reason there's like 27 people you know in like (laughs) one apartment it's like i don't know that part of you know university didn't make sense to me when people would like try to get like as big of a production as possible even though at that stage when you don't have any money it's always better like I, i don't know if this is an actual saying but you know if you just get a group of friends together and make a movie it's probably gonna be better than like trying to orchestrate this like super elaborate production with like 20 people and like vans and trucks and permits and everything you know like we made a feature with like what four people on the crew and some uh, every single short film or set i saw in university there was literally like 30 people there even like i'm to blame too in a way because i I remember when i was doing a, a school project for my directing class I don't know what happened. The next thing I go to, the, um, I go to set and there's like 50 people there. Or whatever. Yeah, I was, I was there too. I'm, I'm I like, didn't even do anything. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell is going on? I'm like, who, who, who are all these people? But that was definitely a good experience for Sam and for me as well, because like Sam, like he was like the director on that project. So he was like, okay, I'm never going through this, through this again. I'm never having this big of a production on this yeah. small of a scale again. And then I was there. I don't even know why I was there. I didn't have to be there, but people I was were taking <laughs> naps. People were yeah. sleeping. There's literally like it was like at a house. It was, it was like you know there was just like gaffers, just like 
literally sleeping and no one needed them. <laughs> so they just like were in the bedroom. It was and just, one like, of the most mind boggling things I've ever seen. I'm like, what's going on? But that on was here? definitely a good experience because we were like, okay, when we do stuff. I can I can I can just picture some uh, diva tantrums. I'm going back to my couch to nap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so weird because I would I would talk to like um, the people who are in charge of like uh, let's say camera department or whatever, and I'd be like, hey, can we like we don't need this many people, and then everyone start like on in the camera department would start freaking out like, no, we need them, we need them, and I'm like, what? Uh, but it's like whatever. Yeah, and then and. Then- I was just gonna say, and then with with you guys having only sort of six, seven of you, you you, it'd be crazy not to sort of take input from those people who are that immersed in it. Like you say, you're all living together as well. So, uh, and, and, yeah, and I, and I think that's probably one of the reasons, as Ad said earlier, why the the chemistry really worked because because that was probably the make or break, wasn't it? You know, you can have a great a script as, as as you want, but but really for this movie, it is it, that chemistry that uh, that made it work. Yeah, yeah, and, like, the script sure. went out the window a lot of the times, too. It's just, like, you know, the cast, like, kind of doing their own thing with their own characters, and we were just, like, the camera was just there, you know, recording, like, this natural sure. experience. So, like, like even I don't even know what's in the script and what's improv anymore. <laughs> like, there's some scenes that are, like, right, like, where, like, every word that we wrote in the script is said, like, you know, to the T, and then there's other scenes where none of what was written in the scene is actually you know, in the scene. But I think that's a good thing. I actually don't know what was improv and what was scripted. Okay. So Tanner was pretty good at that too. It's like, cause he would stick to the script and then he would throw these like ad libs in there that I'm like, I, I'm pretty, I'm convinced that we wrote, but we didn't write for sure. <laughs> I'm still convinced that we wrote it. But like, I don't even know how some, some of these actors did it. I don't know because they, it, it just came off like right out of their mouths. Like it was meant to be there, but it, it was, it's some, it's some wild stuff. LeBron James. Like, Golden yeah. <laughs> I, I thought he was very good. I, I like that character. You know, I almost as I was watching this, I was a bit dismissive, uh, sort of, of Tanner as as the sort of fifth person and and this typical stoner type mm. character. But then he he really he really brought it through in the end. It was quite touching, sort of his parting scene with Ryan and and sort of when they're sitting in the woods, realizing that it's one of the last times they're going to spend together. Um, I, I think that worked really well. Yeah, we definitely want to do like a we definitely wanted to do like a subversion type of thing with that character and you know, give everyone an arc, even, you know, the fifth person who, you know, seems like an immature lunatic, but you know, even he can get serious and he actually learns his lesson and comes of age and matures faster yeah. than the main character. So that's definitely something that we had in mind, is like make the super obnoxious guy actually wind up being super vulnerable towards the end and you know showing that he does care he does have a mind you know he actually has a path forward in yeah his i think we've all met a tanner as well that's that's one of the reasons why it worked for me <laughs> <laughs> it's he the, the crazy thing about michael the guy who played tanner um when he came late to the project i remember the first day like i met him in, in person it, he came to the house and my our cinematographer danny um, he took my car to go pick him up from um, the train or bus station or whatever it was. And um, he brought him there. He brought him to the house. And I went came downstairs because I saw that they came home. So I went to go introduce myself. And Danny is handing me like this yellow orange envelope. And I'm looking at Danny. I'm like, what the hell is this? And he hands it to me. And it was a parking ticket. <laughs> and I start, because I'm from New Jersey. And me and Danny from New Jersey. So we start like 
freaking out like jersey style a little bit you know we're like whoa, whoa oh my boy what is it you know and then tanner who i haven't met yet really fully is just watching us and then next thing i know he like imitates us completely in some type of sense and like all our mannerisms and like the way we like go high pitch <laughs> and um and then he brings it to like life in the movie and it's like really funny to see but, yeah like right off the bat he definitely understood what we were going for based off that like you know crazy thing that happened where there was like screaming at like for no reason because like apparently like i haven't experienced this or i don't know about this but apparently according to anna who plays pauline and who knows uh michael apparently he's like a usually a super quiet shy person but i never saw that so i don't know if it's true i never saw that either it's like the craziest thing to hear because it's, it's it's so interesting it's they're like we're filming and anna's like you've changed him <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Michael's great. I was literally just talking to him the other day, but um, yeah. Excellent. I think that's. I think we should about wrap it up there, don't you? Yeah, great. Yeah, thanks for having us on and for yeah, you know, going no away worries. from your typical uh, Netflix yeah. movies <laughs> to make a one yeah, exception. Pulled us over to the dark side. <laughs> yeah, Amazon yeah, yeah, Prime. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> that's where the true hidden gems are. You got anything you want to plug? Your Twitters, Instagrams, anything like that before you go? Yeah, I mean, my Instagram is Samuel Asherov, A-S-H-U-R-O-V, and Samuel spelled Samuel. <laughs> same with uh, same with Twitter. You could hit me up on there if you want, or don't. It's okay. I forgive you. <laughs> Let him know how yeah, good the film um, My Instagram is Raza Rizvi 2809 Um I don't have, well, I have a Twitter, but I'm, a, I'm not active. I'm a deep, deep lurker, so don't try to find me on Twitter, um, Instagram, and then Instagrams for me. And yeah, the movie is on Amazon Prime in the US and the UK. And the Instagram for the uh, movie is Never Forget My High School Friends. Yeah, the movie's I'll Never Forget My High School Friends. <laughs> yeah, that's too long a, for, uh, a, yeah. <laughs> for a username. Instagram. But thank you guys for watching a micro budget. That's awesome. No worries. <laughs> you know. Thanks for making it. Yeah, yeah, thanks for that, and thanks thanks for coming on. I've really <laughs> been enjoyable to to chat to you guys. No, yeah, you guys as well. It was re- this was fun. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks, guys. Yeah, have yeah, a thank good you so rest much. of your day. And have you. a good day. Cheers. So there we have it. Our first interview done and dusted. Yeah, hopefully you enjoyed it. Um, and like I say, get the chance to go and check out. I'll never forget my high school friends. Then do so. Yeah, definitely go out and check it out. Like we said at the beginning, it's on Amazon Prime. And if you've not got Amazon Prime, you can rent it from Amazon and watch it that way. Um, I'll quickly run through our socials as well, being those guys got a chance to and we didn't. Our Twitter is at B-O-T-S underscore podcast. Our Facebook is facebook.com slash bottom of the stream. Our Instagram is also at B-O-T-S underscore podcast. Um, We have a website, www.bottomofthestream.com. And we also have a Patreon. If you want to join us over there, you'll get the episodes a little bit earlier than everybody else. If I can be bothered to edit them on a Saturday, you'll get some uh, bonus episodes, some merch, uh, a newsletter every month that Nick writes. And it's just a couple of quid a month. And it's, I think it's well worth it. Sure. Um, if you can't do that, then um, can you please leave us a review on Podchaser or on Apple Podcasts or any other place that you get your podcast from? Because that really helps the algorithm and puts us in people's ears, which is where we want to be exactly couldn't agree more so yeah thanks for checking this out i hope you enjoyed it let us know what you thought and if you want to hear any more of these sort of different style of episodes i guess something a little bit different for us and uh yeah just let us know and we'll do what we can 
Other than that, we're going to um, dive back down, aren't we? And we'll uh, yep straight back down to the stream bottom of the stream on Monday morning. Yep, check us out there. Cool. See you then. Cheers. Bye.